Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking about a cure for wellness. What is the cure? Uh, I think that's actually just H2O. Oh, alright, alright. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abraham. Hello. That was a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 274, 274. We're pretty close to 275, which is a pretty huge accomplishment. Yes. <laughs> but it's 274. We're here now, so we can't look to the for- toward the future. That's right, and this week we are talking A Cure for Wellness, the new mm. film from director Gore Verbinski. Sounds delicious. And uh, I've been subtitling these podcasts lately, so we have A Cure for Podcasts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't do my one last week. It was something <laughs> I noticed. Time. I was like, wait a minute, we've been doing like, this recently? <laughs> like Lego Wick Batman. Well, I did it for Super Sundance Sunday. Mm, okay. <laughs> that sounds like a 99 there's... cent thing at McDonald's. It was Super Bowl Sunday, and, and we had to talk and about Sunday. The Sundance yeah. thing, yeah. But I'll, I'll be working for these because I I enjoy subtitling the podcast. Anyway, keep working joining on us, it. Joining us to talk a cure for wellness, among other things, we have from JoeBlow.com. He's here for a new treatment. It's Jimmy O. Yes, the doctor is in. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, it's good to have you back on this podcast. How are you doing? I am I am wonderful. I'm fine. I I've had a uh, crazy past couple of months so you know uh yeah uh, i i think you invited me a couple uh month or so ago and i couldn't do it if i remember correctly yeah, so yes yeah i've been uh, i a lot going on i'm mr not only joe blow i got some stuff going on over at the stream tv i've got a bunch of after shows which i'm proud of and, and i just finished uh shooting my movie so there you go been oh very busy. cool very cool been very busy man nice. yeah what's the name of your second uh, one the second one is called Sick for Toys, and I, mm. I can tell you uh, that horror fans are going to freak out. It's it's pretty freaking great. I'm really happy with it, beyond what I had expected even. it's uh, And I got to see some super cool gore, so I'm very happy about that. <laughs> are you are you in this movie? No, it's just it's a script. Uh, it's a story I came up with about 20 years ago, It's uh, and I worked with my friend uh, Justin Xavier, who really fleshed out the script and brought it to life so we wrote the script together and now it you know now it looks amazing and uh, i don't know uh we have david del rio he it's his first time directing a feature film and he, right. I, if you know the name he was in pitch perfect he was in he's in the belco experiment uh oh. you know so yeah so i'm really really excited about this one i think this one's going to be big i've got a, I got a good feeling good cool. feeling about that yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it looks yeah. amazing. Your poster is also very good. Incredible. I'm looking at IMDb right now, and that poster is pretty clever. There, a bloody boat. Yeah, ribbon. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 uh, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty great story, and I think uh, I think people are gonna freak out. I mean, it just looks beautiful too. We wanted to make a Christmas movie for everyone that you know is twisted and messed up. <laughs> very much so um and and i gotta i gotta give a shout out to nakota texas man they we shot the film there and they couldn't have been nicer 
they literally whatever we wanted they let us shoot they let us go we shot in a working hospital i mean i'm so proud of this movie man cool. you guys right. are gonna love it it's Very really cool. really I'm excited to up. see it well yeah you're me too <laughs> you are you are a friend of the show, so we'll be sure to have you know back on when the when the uh, around when the movies uh, we'll get we'll get an update on the progress as it goes along, which will be uh, cool to hear. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, let's get to some uh, show notes stuff real quick before we get on to uh, brighter and greater things. Uh, first up, we have a new commentary track out for Speed. Speed. 1994's action classic. Um, Abe was even on this commentary track for a nice change of pace. Yeah. But, uh, wow. But yeah, Abe and I, along with our friends of the show, Brandon Peters and Scott Mendelson, we all talked about Speed for a couple hours, so that's up on iTunes now. You can feel free to get to that one. Uh, speaking of uh, cool bonuses, we have Abe and I interviewed uh, the director of a movie called Fair, which will be streaming on iTunes, actually, by the time you hear this podcast, that's it will right. be available online. So yeah, um, that's we, we were able to... Uh, Talk to talk to the the, the writer, writer director, and director star and producer yeah, yeah. um and uh, we have that we had a whole interview we had a lot of fun talking to him about the film and everything and yeah that's that's also now available on iTunes and uh, you know our our show in general so uh, feel free to nice. check that one out as well as uh, check out the movie uh, Fair uh, which you can uh, rent on iTunes as I mentioned and other streaming services um what Jeez. else yeah uh, Jimmy I think you might dig it actually uh, okay I'll check oh, it out F A I R Fair uh, F-A-I-R, like yeah. fair, like I went to it's the about fair. A, uh, it's, it's about a, a, a knight of an Uber driver that's gone awry. F-A-I-R uh, or F-A-R-E? F-A-R-E, sorry, F-A-R-E. Yeah. I wrote it in oh, my notes okay. wrong. <laughs> I, was, I was like, they go to a fair? I, I'm confused. Okay, that makes sense. I wrote it in my notes wrong. I was like, F-A-R-E. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Damn yeah. English language. Yeah. Uh, last thing here, iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. It should come up simple enough, and you can find our show easily. You can give us a star rating, which would be great. And you can also uh, give us a, a sentence or two if you want to, and uh, help uh, review the show and pop us up in the old iTunes charts. Yeah, thank you very much in advance. All right. Let's move on now. Let's get to know everybody. We each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know everybody. Know everybody. That was good. That was good. No. Well, well, I mean, it was all right. It was all right. It was all right. I have a question for you guys. Sure. sure. Have you ever been part of an experiment? Uh, I tried to go to one because I took a psych class in college, and uh-huh. you have to do like five hours of of uh, of uh, research. Yeah. You have to volunteer, and so I went to to go to it, and they were they were closed. So uh, I still got the credit for it because I told the professor, but uh, I ultimately did not end up doing the sleep experiment or whatever it was. That that was so anticlimactic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I was upset. That's like I tried to go to a restaurant once, and you know what? It was You're closed. Right. Like <laughs> it was a Sunday. <laughs> I I'll, I'll talk about anticlimactic. Uh, well, there was one time. No, not at all. Nothing. Okay. I got nothing. <laughs> That's it. No. I like it. Short and simple. <laughs> I've got a question for you guys. Yeah. Do you drink eight glasses of water a day? Eight glasses of water a day? Well, they recommend around uh, that much, but uh, mm, I try to. I try to. Absolutely. I try to as well. Yeah, I I try to do as much water and coke. I, and when I mean Coke, you know, obviously Coke, not not the drink, obviously. Water and Coke, put it all together. No, just kidding. Totally I don't do that. Totally makes sense. 
Yeah. I, uh, I certainly try to drink my share of water. I feel like my lovely girlfriend. You do not. Water. Uh, but she drinks plenty of water. Not. I know that. Um, she generally has a water bottle on her. <laughs> Carbonated water or just uh, regular flat water? We're not some fancy monocle-wearing couple, eh? We don't just have fancy water around with us all the time, even oh, if I put on this accent while talking. Oh, they drink Royal Crown Cola! <laughs> we don't? You, wait, you don't do that? Because this is L.A. We're all supposed to be, like, having, you know, yeah, special you mineral like, water. Yeah, you like that? Some of us yeah. don't live in the bougie <laughs> parts of town, James. Oh, <laughs> oh James Oscar the third. Ooh. Well, that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> that's how you play. <laughs> no, everybody. No. We're doing good on these lately. They, I don't know yeah, about you. They were pretty decent. They were hitting the right tempo. <laughs> so. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Move on. Let's get out of this. Tim? Each week and out now, we have a movie that we're talking about. We're going to talk about it. Tim? I've been crushing that lately. I that was that. pretty good. I mean, if you're not reading off notes, it's it's fantastic. Reading off notes over there. Oh, okay, all right. Have you seen wow. any other movies? I watched John Wick 2 again, and uh, it's still as good as the first time I saw it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just want to shout it out in case it doesn't get any love, which it's been getting plenty of love. That's, that's it like... needs more, though. It needs more. People need to see John Wick 2. That thing is amazing. That's so awesome. We're seeing John Wick, too, so that helps. <laughs> That's all you got? That's all I got. All right. Jimmy, have you seen any of the movies this week? Well, I, I, can, I can finally I can talk about Logan. I love Logan. Absolutely love Logan. Um, I, it was kind of the X-Men movie I've been kind of waiting for. Uh, I like the kind of dark and gritty stuff, and I love that character. So uh, I was very happy with that movie. Another film I can't talk about, so I won't talk about. Uh, the other thing I watched really this week was uh, finally caught up on Taboo, which uh, I'm very happy about. That's pretty much the show I watch right now. This is the, so, the Tom Hardy kind of miniseries on FX that's airing. Yeah, oh, I, I, I almost okay. feel like it's more like a movie just because each episode is an hour and a half. And, you know, I, it feels more like a movie anyways. So, uh, so I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm working on another... What did that? Oh, I watched Prince of Darkness last night again. John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Happy. Of course, of course. That movie holds up so damn well. I know last time you watched that, but that movie's creepy. The last time I saw Prince of Darkness was I saw I I, I was at a a thing for his Apocalypse trilogy, so they had that Prince of Darkness and Mouth of Madness all back to back to back. Um. With, oh wow. Or the the thing Prince of Darkness and. Mouth of Man is all back to back to back. So that was, it was a long night, but yeah, it was quite enjoyable. I, I find it weird that he doesn't like Halloween as much as like everyone else does. He's excited now though. He's like, oh, these guys, um, David yeah. Gordon Green and Danny McBride have a great time for me, so I might score it. So they. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm kind of excited about that too. So I'm kind of excited watch. too. I, I like that. I like that it's Bloomhouse, which means that it'll, you know, yes. they it's not like they have like unlimited money to do everything. They have to like work with a budget. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. It's kind of the problem with that Friday the Thirteenth movie and the Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like let's give you all this money and you can make it not good instead of working. Yeah. On your- <laughs> so. Well, people forget those the the movies that people remember of all, all those is, are the ones that were weren't that expensive. They cost nothing to make. They just had to you know ju- you just had to kind of use your 
use your creativity and make something good with a limited budget. And, that, and Bloomhouse is really kind of kicking. I hear uh, Belco Experiment's really good, and I, I liked what they've done with uh, Shyamalan lately. That's shockingly yeah. good. Yeah, Split was fun. I, no, it's, see, it's I, like I, I really liked you. It's uh, more like it's more like what Bloomhouse films don't I like? Like, there's obviously yes, there's not like there's some that are just not great at all. But I mean, it's it's yeah. a brand that I think has proven itself as far as ingenuity and like mm-hmm. you know, horror that I can anticipate more than certain others. Well, he's a, I I really have a lot of respect for Jason. I think he's a he he clearly loves the genre. He he's a champion of finding new filmmakers, and he I. I well, and I like the fact that he's not always like every movie I ever make is great. It's he's no he he's he's not he's he knows that some don't work and you know I but he still has a passion for it and I think that's nice to see in a, a kind of a mainstream horror producer. I think it's really refreshing. So it's nice I'm like, fan of that guy. He knows how to course correct too. Like you look at the Ouija uh, prequel from last year with Mike Flanagan directing. Yeah, right. It's like they, they took a terrible movie and made a better one out of the next installment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that movie was legitimately a good, creepy little film. And and you know credit goes to Bloom Bloomhouse and and of course Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan is a great little director. I I look forward to everything he. Does. Does is, he, is he, he like a three inches tall? No, he's, he's oh, a great no, little he's director. A little than that. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little little taller than that. Okay, but, you know he may, but again he makes these like smaller movies like Oculus and Hush right. that was on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And, but he met, he he focuses on atmosphere and suspense, and I it's so refreshing to see. I don't know. I think horror is getting better. I hope I hope we have half as good a year this year as we did last year. Last year was, you couldn't beat it when it came to horror. There was you a lot really of good couldn't. genre stuff last year, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. True dead. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. And now, so far we have the Bye Bye Man. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting uh, premise, but uh, terrible production, right? So. And title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too, yeah. Bye Bye Man. Just watch the Slender Man documentary on HBO. Which oh, I still I watch. watch. I haven't watched that yet, the Slender Man documentary. Yeah. Oh, All right. Maybe I'll uh, tonight. Things I've seen. Um, let's see. I was able to see The Great Wall on, and I watched, just watched The Great Wall, the new oh, thing, okay. Canal film, uh, with Matt Damon. Um, we, uh, I had fun with this movie. We, 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 she enjoyed it as well. I, I, I had fun with this movie. I, I, it, it accomplished what I was hoping it would, which is basically just give you a kind of, kind of ridiculous monster movie story with just great visuals, which is what you know, Zanger Mal is very much able to do mm-hmm. i think mm. the kind of the hubbub over matt damon being cast is pretty much moot because it's less about him being the the one white man that can save them all it really isn't that story and it's more just chinese propaganda it's more just like look how amazing china's uh, army is um which can be problematic in its own ways but that's not something i don't notice in various hollywood blockbusters either i mean it's so it 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 does its own thing, but what matters more is that it's just a really goofy action movie that has a lot of really great, like the the opening battle sequence they show is I found to be pretty incredible of what they're showing off there. It's very bright and colorful. The monsters I think have a creative design, hmm. and, and it, it does what it does. Like I was, it's very it, the, the story's thin, like it's very thin, um, but no. For, <laughs> But for, you know, like for a hundred minute movie, I, I wasn't dissatisfied with my experience. Yeah, no, I just said no to that one, to be honest. I, I, I just can't do it. 
can't you see. Didn't go, you didn't go. Yeah, it just doesn't look good to me. Nope, nope, nope. It looks it looks silly. I have no problem it with the silly, casting. But I, I just silliness. don't. I don't. It doesn't look silly good. It looks silly terrible. So I I think I'm going to avoid that. Maybe I'll catch it on Netflix. Mm. I just what you're time. saying. What? Well, speaking of Netflix, I was also able to watch. Uh, speaking of Netflix, I was also able to watch David Brent, A Life on the Road. Oh, okay. That's the uh, the film of Ricky Gervais oh, reprising his office character of David Brent. Uh, not great. Uh, that's a bummer to hear. It, yeah, no, that's, that's that's disappointing. As a person who would consider the UK Office to be one of my favorite TV shows of all time, it'd be. Oh, uh, this is a guy who doesn't drink sparkling water. Yeah, I like the UK Office, which I watched well before the American Office came right. out. I was like, oh, that's another version too. Okay, um, mm-hmm. that, that had its highlights, uh, and then ended four years after it should have. Um, mm-hmm. But no, the this reprisal of the David Brent character, it really like I feel like because it's just Gervais, it seems like he and Stephen Merchant must work really well together, um, because the, the you know having just one half of that team did not prove to be a great reprisal. Like it has, mm-hmm. it, it has its moments as far as like here's David Brent doing his awkward thing and making that somewhat humorous and cringy in the way that you know works. But it just, it it's it's like a it, it's like a feature film. It's like an hour and thirty seven minutes, something like that. And the midsection of this, like it basically involves David Brent, who is now he's 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 got he's out he's out of the office job. He still has a job, but he go he the bulk of the movie is about him going on tour to try to reprise his band that he once had. And the middle section of this movie is just really long and really not great. And it doesn't help. And then you get to a third act where you're kind of supposed to start championing and rooting for the character and it just feels unearned. So it, it just doesn't do much. Like the the first like third is like enjoyable because you're like, oh, David Brent's back. But then it just doesn't really go anywhere all that creative or special with it. Did, which they, was, did they ever uh, reveal why Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais don't really work together anymore? I think they just both uh, pursuing different creative opportunities. I don't think they have a riff or anything like that. I think it's just they they both have separate careers. Okay. Uh, sure, they don't. Well, Gervais does his own stand-up and everything, and he's worked on his own projects. And Stephen Merchant's also, you know, he worked on his own show, and he's he's in Logan. <laughs> he's oh, is he? Okay. Yes, he is. All right. Yeah. I was like, I haven't seen a Stephen Merchant sighting in a long time, and that guy's hard to miss. <laughs> hmm. He's hard to miss in Logan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, David Brandt Life on the Road. It's on Netflix uh, streaming now. Uh, it has very. It has almost no connection to The Office, by the way, besides the fact that it's the lead character. But no just fun like, cameos? Like, yeah, no, Martin Freeman doesn't pop in and be like, hello, it's me, right. <laughs> Bilbo, and shit, Watson, I'm back for some Office fun. <laughs> that would have been cool, though. Bilbo and Watson, he shows up as, as two of his characters? Yeah, he shows up dressed, dressed. He has his office Tim gear, but he has right. the like the Hobbit wig on. That's what he's doing. <laughs> and he's limping like Watson. So there you go. Okay. Uh, no, that was psychosomatic. Like so he got over it. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> that was out now, quickies. Tim. Let's move on now. Let's get to a movie trailer talk. Where we talk about one of the most movie trailers of the week. What we thought of it and when it's coming out. What have you? And this week, actually, Jimmy, you mentioned it earlier. We were talking the Belko experiment. This is the new film from director, yes. from director Greg McLean, who did Wolf Creek, right? Yes, he did. And uh, it's written by James Gunn, of course, of Guardian Galaxy fame, along with other you know, lesser-known films, such as The Brilliant Slither, um, Super, mm-hmm. and uh, you know other such things. And uh, yeah, they've 
combined forces to make what appears to be a horrific office satire um, involving a social experiment where a random office building is tasked to uh, murder each other <laughs> for mm-hmm. whatever reason, or they will be killed if they're not, if they don't participate in said game. Um, has quite the cast um, as far as kind of character actors you recognize go, including uh, Michael Ricker, Tony Goldwyn, Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, who uh, is in the Guardians Galaxy films, uh, John C. McGinley, and uh, John Gallagher Jr. Um, of Hush. Don't forget yeah. David Del Rio. Don't yeah. forget David Del Rio. David, yeah. David, yes, David Del Rio is also, yes, yes. Um, director yeah. of Sick for Toys. <laughs> with, with that all in mind, Jimmy, uh, I guess you haven't seen the movie. I was curious if you had seen the movie already, actually, or not, but it seems like you haven't. Uh, I keep, you know, I keep missing it. I, I keep having the opportunity to see it, and unfortunately, I, I and it bums me out because I love Greg and I love uh, I love David, so I'm really looking forward to this movie because it looks just like a blast. So no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> any uh, any thoughts trailer wise on what, it's, uh, what it has to offer? Well, I'm pumped for the trailer. I mean, I I, I think it looks, I know it looks like a weird kind of cross between office space and saw which is really interesting i am very i i don't know everything i see of it I, lo- I love the new trailer i love how just dark it gets but it looks like a blast Abe? yeah i certainly feel like it's uh gonna be pretty fun and and gory at the same time i mean oh I, yeah for for the most part i love johnson mcginley and anything that he does uh and John Gallagher Jr. I mean, I've liked I've liked that guy since uh, we saw Short Term Twelve, so I'm glad that he's getting some more stuff. But uh, I also like the premise that they have. They show this in one of the trailers, might have been the the Red Band one. But um, if you choose not to participate, then they can also kill you from a remote location, which I think is an interesting uh, little twist into the story. Because if it was just uh, what you call it, battle royale style, then sure, mm-hmm. that's that's interesting as well. But now that there's also this other sort of control factor, uh, I'm curious what that's gonna do to some of these folks. And ultimately, Wait, I kind of just yeah. In yeah. battle royale, didn't they have um? They had like neck braces. Though. They did yeah. have neck braces, yeah. But uh, ultimately, I'm interested in why they're doing this. Oh yeah, I you know I. I am looking for. I, I look forward to this mainly because I I, I like the, the filmmaking and the filmmakers involved. The cast is pretty good too. Uh, but yeah, Greg McLean is he's proven himself with uh, what he also had a Rogue, right? The, that big crocodile movie. Yes. Yeah, he did. He's in a couple really good movies. I really big like him. Crocodile movie, another one. Yeah, yeah. It was a good one. It was, it was called Rogue. Good. Yeah, Rogue. Yeah. yeah. The, you look for the uh, the uh, the uh, the uncut version is better. Okay. But uh, and having James Gunn on board to do this kind of like satirical take on a an office environment and how that turns into this deadly essentially battle royale, I I like where that's going, especially given this cast. I mean, you ha- you have see, Michael Rooker's involvement with James Gunn has always proved to be quite fruitful, so that that works right there. But yeah, jo- John McGinley um, and uh, Tony Goldwyn, those are the, it, it takes they're types that I'm very familiar with to know. It's like okay, let's see, let's see how this goes down. And uh, it, yeah, it, it looks like, you know, dark comedic fun. Um, so I, I am excited to check it out when I finally am able to. Mm. When it comes closer to, to uh, premiere time, we'll have to do bets on who's going to be the uh, the remaining survivors. Yeah. That, you know, that's that's what's kind of refreshing about it, at least for now. A lot of, you know, when you see a horror movie, a lot of times, the, you know, it's 
pretty obvious who's the leading girl, who's who's going to survive because well, they get either Woods, a bigger you know the entire story. You know the entire formula. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I love when they, you know, change it up a little bit. I love when, like you know, your next did that quite well. Uh, movie, uh, there's been a couple of movies that have done that really well, and I I think that uh, Belko Experiment looks a little bit like one of those that will actually surprise us with who. Who makes it, or if anyone does make it? Well, yeah, I think it has the kind of because it's not you know a major studio and it has you know the kind of budget that it works where you don't need to meet a certain expectation. You can kind of play around with it with you know act with uh, cinematic expectation. So uh, it'll yes, I, I will be curious as to who comes out on top in this one. Right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like James Gunn will relish the chance of murdering his brother on film, though. I think that's a, that's, a, that's a given. <laughs> that's a that's probably true. Yes, probably. <laughs> Uh, but the Belco experiment arrives in theaters uh, March 17th. No, coming up soon. Wait. Yeah. Coming soon? Yeah. All right. Uh, now let's move on. Let's get to our main review for A Cure for Wellness. I'd like you to go to Switzerland and bring Mr. Pembroke back to us. What we offer here is a process of purification away from the pressures of the modern world. Your plan is to take Mr. Pembroke back with you. Is that a problem? He's a patient, not a prisoner. Are you here for the cure? No. Actually, I was just leaving. No one ever leaves. Welcome back, Mr. Lockhart. That should have been some of the trailer for A Cure for Wellness. Following a series of films all starring Johnny Depp minus The Weatherman, Gore Verbinski returned to the world of horror, where he made a big name for himself back when The Wing... The, the Wing? The, the Wing? The Wing? Remember The I Wing, guys? What's oh, oh, the movie God. about the, the uh, chicken if wings? You, you watch this video of a bird flying around, and then seven days later you get you grow your own wings and fly away. It's amazing. <laughs> um, back when The Ring hit theaters in 2002, A Cure for Wellness stars Dane DeHaan as a young executive sent to the Swiss Alps to retrieve his company's CEO from a wellness center. However, that is really more of an excuse for an audience to see wild, a wild series of setups at a remote location that are evocative, creepy, violent, and more. Unfortunately, that also means tough times are ahead for DiCaprio's little clone, Jimmy O. What, 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 are you a fan of uh, Gore Verbinski's uh, filmography in general? And, and what do you think mm. of this film? Uh, in general, I'm. It's all right. I think he's he he's visually a, a really terrific director, and this is this is no exception. I mean, it's a beautiful film. Uh, I, I I'm never blown away by anything. I I didn't love Ring. I thought it was over. I thought it was tad a tad overrated. Um, I'm not a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan. Um, so I was kind of open. I thought this looked to be one of his more interesting films. Uh, and I think it is for the most part. I do. I had a couple of problems with it. I had a, a it's like about 30 minutes too long. Yes. It's just too long. It is way long. too long. Oh my gosh. It's and a two and, and a half hour movie. <laughs> yeah. And there's no reason for it. I mean, and it, the problem with it having it that late, it's so freaking predictable. I knew exactly where it was going the entire time. Uh, that said, I, I do feel like, again, I, the, the performances are nice. I do. I like Dane Don. I think he's – I like him. I think he did a good, decent job in this. I like the rest of the performances for the most part. Um, 
I like the mood. I like the atmosphere. It, it was it was an interesting looking film. I mean, there were some scenes that were just so gorgeous to look at. So that kind of helped the watch. Definitely not a bad movie, but it it wasn't something that I don't know if I'd watch it again. Abe. Yeah, I, I basically agree with Jimmy. I mean, uh, Cure for Wellness is, it's an interesting movie, uh, but it ultimately, mm-hmm. like, withers into, like, this video game plot. Um, I agree that the cinematography is excellent. I mean, right from the get-go, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful-looking movie, just exactly what Jimmy said. Uh, to answer your question earlier about, you know, Gore Verbinski's movie history, it's kind of a mixed bag for me. Um, some of them I, I do like. I mean, I like the the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie that he directed. Actually, he directed the second one, too, right? He directed the first three, and not the terrible first fourth three. one. Three, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, he's got some excellent visual cues and visual style, um, but kind of a mixed bag, because, again, you and I enjoyed The Lone Ranger for what it was trying to do. Uh, it kind of What? Was, I mean, nobody I, liked that movie. That movie was one of the worst I mean, things I've ever seen. Oh my when, god! When you when you put it up against Rango, I, which they came out like relatively in the same time frame, it's like yeah, Rango is a, a superior movie. But I if you if you put if you put Lone sequences. Ranger if you put Lone Ranger up against Freddy Got Fingered, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> that Jimmy, movie sucked. Duly noted. There but, were ten minutes of that. Okay, go on. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, I mean, vibes of A Cure for Wellness. I mean, it certainly gave me, like, Bioshock vibes and Coraline Otherworld vibes, and it's it's almost like the weirdest Resident Evil 7 movie ever. But, um, again, storyline-wise, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, it actually is an interesting, it is an interesting mystery, and it, it makes me curious, but it just devolves into, like what Jimmy said, it devolves into thing like, uh, ideas and plots that you can very basically uncover on your own uh, right away. I mean, they don't really drop as many red herrings or mulligans uh, in this movie. Mulligans? Muffigans? Or, uh, MacGuffins? MacGuffins. Yeah. MacGuff- I was like, mulligans? That's a, that's a golf term. But um, uh, but it is very much like a video game movie. Yeah, Snuffleupagus. Uh, but it is very much a video game movie that where puzzles need to be solved. Like, Dane DeHaan goes on these like uh, outlandish... Uh, uh, you know, walks throughout the the grounds, which are freely open except for the the restricted wing. But he's slowly solving these things, and there leaves a lot to be desired uh, because you know there's like interesting backstory with the villagers, and they actually go to the village. The driver somehow like reappears three times at random scenes. Um, there's like a scene with like a burning casket, and then you know why did the patients become triggered and how? Uh, but mm-hmm. It also deals with some interesting things that I don't think that they went into as much, which is like, okay, well, you know, are we, is is the cure for oneness, like, are we as humans just working too much and maybe we need some, some time at the Swiss Alps to relax? Or uh, is it that, like, there was some, some other thing? But again, ultimately, just, it's too long, like what Jimmy said. It just, it could have, it could have uh, been a better movie if it was tighter. Um, but then again, the plot kind of just gets a little bit off the rails, and and once I once it did go off the rails, I kind of wish that it was it was more satirical in the way that its story was presented. But uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's a good looking movie. There's early intrigue, and later on, it just really gets kind of goofy. Um, and just a small tidbit: Dane DeHaan drinks water very strangely. Like he 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 purses his lips in a very interesting way. So. That's just a small little tidbit there for you, uh, for the listeners. 
what you're saying, like I don't, I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. I like the movie more, mm. but I still, I recognize its clear flaws. But the the thing that I admire is that it's, you know, it's not like this is some little cheapy or like some random studio. This is 20th Century Fox. It's like we're gonna invest a ton of money into this crazy, weird, nonsensical idea and just let you do what you want. And I love that this movie exists because of that. You get this very strange film that is unlike many other things that you see throughout the year in any given year, especially, you know, now. Um, and now I obviously, you know, I can't just I don't just give blind praise because the movie's different, but I do think it, you know, it earns a level of, of praise mm-hmm. for just how wonderfully constructed it is as far as, you know, a kind of a, a visual delight when you like these, seeing these sites, this German castle that they filmed in, um, the, you know, the, the way Verbinski uses his camera here, there's so much this great kind of Lovecraftian and Gothic sort of a, a, a cinematic uh, virtue this movie has that I, I really admired. I was really into the, the the style. It's very much a style over substance type movie. It does have a lot of ideas it presents, like you were mentioning, Abe. It does you know presents this idea of uh, um, how what is it to you know work so hard in life versus uh, going to a place where you can relax and. It has a kind of nihilistic view on what humanity's doing currently versus what they could be doing instead, which eventually just devolves into a hammer horror movie with a giant budget. But I still enjoyed what it was. I still enjoyed all that that journey. It is very predictable. That uh, I feel like Fabinski, he knows that. I feel like he, in the same way that I feel like Scorsese knew that audiences would, would kind of get Shutter or most audiences would get Shutter Island. I, I feel like the the mystery is not so much of a you know, uh, it's going to be some amazing revelation when you learn what's happening is more of, you know, how interesting is this journey that you're going on to get to this eventual end point. And that can hurt a film, sure, because you're not really surprised necessarily, despite some rather gruesome scenes that you may not have seen coming. But I I did like being a part of that journey. I thought, though, it was a really neat thing to follow Dane DeHaan in, like, complete slimy mode going through this this wellness center, a wellness center of all places, so you can really kind of flip the script as far as, like, what you a wellness center is. It's kind of serene and pure place that's actually dark and creepy. <laughs> like, it, it's, it, it sets up all these great ideas and ways to execute various things that will disturb you in some manner. And I, I, I enjoyed the film for that reason. I It is too long. It could be easily tightened up. And I think the ending... I'm not going to get into it, but I, it almost feels like the kind of the last bit feels like we had, they had something and they just randomly switched it out for something they like shot in some pickups or like, let's bring all these characters back and just have a <laughs> dialogue scene. All this yeah. stuff. It just feels so like out of place. There are some sequences that I won't forget very soon from this, including one in that Carlos Mind Marathon Man of all things. Like there's a lot of just mm-hmm. really creepy stuff here that got to me. Well, I, you know, I also, you know, want to point out what you said about a big studio doing such a strange and weird film. Yeah, I do. I, I give it props for that because I, I do kind of. I love when a studio doesn't necessarily, or a film doesn't necessarily succeed, but it tries to do something yeah. really different and unique. And so I definitely give props to the. I mean, I, I overall I enjoyed the film. I just wish it had been thirty minutes less. I agree. But like go I. On. I, I like I was very much anticipating this movie, and I would have li- I would have liked to have liked it more, but I still like it. I, I like it more than enough, just given how you know crazy it is. Yeah, it, yeah I think the yeah. crazy is the right adjective to use for it because at some point uh, it actually does get to that level of craziness. Uh, and when I'm talking about like the ending or or like midway through, it's 
it's kind of like really early on uh, when you when you start noticing things like in water or whatever else. But um, I do give it like what you were saying. I do give it a lot of credit for Gorbinsky and and the writer. You know, Justin Hay. I think uh, he actually wrote like. A story. He's like, he has about a screenplay too. credit. They they both share. They a both story kind credit. of share a story credit. Yeah, it's very much a verb. I mean, it, I'm not going to take away credit from from Hayes, obviously. Of course, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, 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 a Verbinski vision come to life. Yeah, I mean, certainly. Again, there's there's elements of the movie that make it interesting and actually make it like you can actually sit through and watch it and just and then you can judge it later. Um, but as you're watching it, yeah, of course. I thought that it was crazy, but at the same time, I, again, I, like what I said, the mystery made me intrigued as to what is going on here, and I'm glad that Dane DeHaan, uh, as uh, as the character in the movie, he's not, um, like, while he might be viewed as, as maybe crazy, uh, but at least it's not like, oh, well, the, no, you're crazy, the world is totally fine, and it's like, no, 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 you know that there's something strange going on here, and Dane DeHaan's working as your your character, your you know, your viewer vehicle to he's so, the most, try and like, solve he's this. He's the most cynical but... and jerky version of an audience surrogate character because he's not like a nice guy. Right, yeah. No, And I think that's very And he's perfect. working, yeah, and he's working hard to uh, uncover this mystery. But as you're going through, again, all these clues are dropped. And, and again, it's really long, overly long. And um, the payoff doesn't really seem like it's really there. Like, I agree with Aaron that the ending kind of feels like it could have gone two different ways um and then it, it actually kind of goes in a way that i didn't think it might have which is a kudos to uh verbinski and, and haith but uh you know there's a lot to there's a lot to admire about something like this you know technically speaking and from a third perspective but it just the execution of it just it feels very uh it just feels kind of amateur to me i mean just the whole entire like okay well the the notion of We'll have uh, a guy show up to this wellness center, and then there's uh, a girl, and then this, we have to figure out what's going on with the girl. And uh, now we have all these patients that are, are all old and elderly, and, and now there's a whole bunch of uh, – maybe there's even something in the water, like eels or whatever. It's like, well, what are the <laughs> – like, can we just choose, like, three of these and go really good with, with three of those uh, instead of, like, but all I, I, five or I six of them? I think the sync approach will work. I mean, because the story's not doing much as far as innovation, like, as far as, like, what mm. is – it's it's about layering upon layering of like all these yeah eel imagery and the, the craziness of the staff involved and like the, the the random rooms that you can't go in and the various things going on with the the elderly old people like it, it's right. that's all that's the, that's the movie's personality like that that take that would take a, that would all just leave you with a random skeleton of like a story that you've seen before and I, it's what I what I admire is that it has so much going on which yes could have been tailored to fit a, a smaller storyline like just shrink things down a bit or you know give you give you more of you know less less Dane DeHaan wandering around thinking what's going on like just tighten that up more but like I I, mm-hmm. I think that it has yeah. so much wackiness in it because it's like or else there's no, there is no movie there and I I, I get. I agreed. You know what you're saying with agreed. amateurish I wouldn't call it amateur I just think it's more yeah of, I couldn't find the right it, word I think it's more of they're so rooted in like what kind of films they're paying homage to, and the 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 concept that I think is that they they just they they know you're gonna get the idea of the story already. So it's about what else can they do to kind of subvert the idea, you know, the the journey that builds up to what eventually needs to happen right. as far as like confrontation. Which and is kind of which is kind of interesting which, again why the the topics of like well you know is is work something that we 
definitely need to take a look at. And I like, excuse me, I like the visual cue of uh, of um, you know Dane DeHaan kind of representing his father in in, in some uh-huh. shots. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's like it's almost like the uh, a repeating of of uh, mistakes from the past. But then I don't think that's really what they were ultimately. They don't pay it for. off. Right. I would agree with that. I don't. I think I, I think you're correct in mentioning that they you know. By they bring they introduce a satire a satirical element right. and they don't really go further far enough with it and I would have appreciated more because mm-hmm. it, it you know that would make it more interesting and the character you know it give, gives you more of that because the the, the the Lockhart character you were you get an idea of who he is and it really doesn't do much beyond let you know that he's probably not crazy but he has a little craziness in him and that's it that's like kind of the yeah. depth of his character. But I, but I do like that casting of Dane DeHaan. I think that's very purposeful given how much he resembles the younger DiCaprio. And I think because you have movies <laughs> mm-hmm. that fit in, well, Wolf of Wall Street, two Scorsese, but Wolf of Wall Street and Shutter Island, that very much they seem bo- both of those characters combined seem to represent the Lockhart character. I think that's very clever casting that was done purposely. And I think uh, it's very effective. I agree with that. Once I also like Jason Isaacs sure. is really good too. Jason Isaacs is very good at playing slimy, and he does so once again here he, with an accent. Yeah, it's, why not? <laughs> yeah, with a different accent. Yes. Yeah, he he gets rid of his British <laughs> accent and goes to like this Swiss British accent because sometimes it slips back into the British. We spent the first nine months of our existence submerged. Our bodies mostly liquid. This sensory deprivation chamber. Simulates a return to that embryonic state. Think of it as a cleansing of the mind. It's not just the body. Some patients experience increased heart rate. Visions. Even primal memories. Other rest assured, it's just the toxins leaving the system. But, uh... And that's kind of the thing where the movie, I mean, you have to, like... I don't think these filmmakers think that you're not going to be aware of things going on of because course. you have yeah. Jason Isaacs who's so, you know, he's so well known for being a slimy person in movies, whether it's a, what the, um, the Harry Potter films or even the Patriot, you know, you just, you just recognize this person <laughs> is probably evil. And even like the, the, the setup shots of him drink of drinking water. It's like, if there's ever a tip off to the water's probably not good for you. It's any time you see people drinking water in this. Well, movie. I mean, it's an immediate thing. Cause that, that yeah, there's a away. lot of water foreshadowing there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that, that I, I want to bring up and, and we'll transition into uh, the characters here is also just, that because it's overly long, they actually get away from Hannah uh, for a good chunk of the movie, and then when they do bring her back in, then it kind of picks up. That's kind of like where the uh, the the last act kind of starts playing forward. But um, mm. I, I I was interested in that storyline too, and uh, I think that Mia Goth does a really good job of playing like this distraught and and kind of. Uh, Very strange presence. Bubble, which, yeah, again, bubble boy. I think the movie for for being such you know. It's it doesn't play to conventions and it doesn't like hire just you know the, the, some random actors that you're well aware of. It's just some some very random more European actors who has a very just weird and stranger presence. That and you, that and Shia LaBeouf's wife. To, to <laughs> but um, yeah, I certainly thought that her character was was kind of neat. It was it was like what is what's the mystery here? Is she a child in a woman's body or is she like just? Uh, is she is she really sick or is she the cure or what is what is going on here? But it complements Jason Isaac's character because you don't know what he's telling you. That's true, and also like the other doctor who I think was also very slimy. I forget 
I forget what his character's name is, but that guy was just like the first the first doctor that Dana Han meets uh, in the office. But um, yeah, yeah I German mean, doctors in movies don't seem to bode well when you. Yeah, they're Swiss doctors. But you think? Yeah, but uh, all the character play, all these you know side characters and all the other patient characters that you can, you sort of get to interact with. I mean, that old woman, I forget her name, Victoria or something like that, but uh, she was also a fun character. So everybody's kind of giving it their all to some degree. I mean, it's not as though they're they're bad performances. It's just that. Uh, I uh, I just didn't like it where it it ends up going. So the characters I liked some of. I I here's the thing I don't remember much of the film. I saw I mean, it it's about. Not, it's I not character it. rich. I would say. I mean, it's yeah. And you get some you know supporting creepiness from Isaac's and Goth's character, but like the rest of them are just like either like random patient or random doctor that you either That's want to true, like yeah. or can't. I'm trust. actually kind of more curious about like your your thoughts on why the, for example, like the the driver. It's like. He shows up maybe 35 minutes later into the movie, and you're like, "Did did this guy? What happened to this guy?" Well, if, if you want to, I mean, if you want to talk about red herrings, I think it's those types of characters. The, I mean, there's there's people yeah. that well, they... to what's going on, but they're but you don't really you think they might pay off in a bigger way. Than yeah, they do. and and that's kind of where I thought it was like, oh, well, well he's he did, like in a looped say universe. There, well, I, he did say that he was the one who keeps going up there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, so, I mean, that that didn't strike me as very odd, to be honest. I just assumed he was kind of bringing patients or whatever. I It didn't, I, that didn't seem that odd to me. Uh, maybe I was just going, hey, how long is this? How long? I don't know. But it <laughs> well, it's more of like a curiosity of like how in on it certain people. In, that's in right. On it, very loose way to, it, that's not spoiling anything. I no, mean, no, no. It's, you know, the people you that You certainly know that something's up. Center. Yeah, you know that yeah. something's up at the Center. You just center. spoiled the movie. You yeah. just spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's kind of the question. It's like, well, how much is everybody in on it? And so there's two main other, or there's two other side characters, which is the driver and the and the uh, the police lieutenant or whatever. But uh, I have a question about that village scene when they go. I mean, what was up with those teenage kids? I mean, did you guys? They're just being teenage kids. <laughs> yes, but I felt like that was like a waste <laughs> of punk rockers, They see the fa- they see the fancy car. They're like, I want to throw a rock at it. Like, there's no. Yeah. Real, like... I felt like it was kind of a waste because I actually yeah. liked the uh, the part where Dane DeHaan goes and talks to somebody in the village. But I thought that that kind of teenage angst stuff was like, what is what is the purpose of this? So it serves its own level of purpose. But yeah, it's the kind of stuff where you're adding on to a film that has a lot going on already, as far as superfluous characters and scenes outside of the wellness center like it, it only need it, yeah it needs to get characters to a certain place yeah. but it only goes so far mm-hmm. when you have a move that's two and a half hours where you pretty much know where things are going uh, so yeah i i get that yeah I, I'm, I'm more interested you mentioned you mentioned bioshock with I, which i mentioned when we talked about the trailer oh oh yeah oh, well the trailer trailer yeah yeah okay uh, which is, you know, Gorbavinsky was going to direct a, a live-action Bioshock film adaptation. That was I did be, not know that, mm-hmm. and it I'm was, glad that I know now. Which was going to, it was, the difficulty was that it was going to be basically this movie, where it's R-rated and long and very expensive. Yeah. I imagine this movie's not crazy expensive. They shot in one location. It's like $40 million is what Box Office Mojo was saying. Yeah, that's, I figure, yeah, it's not like, but, you know, that's still a, that's a good, sizable amount of money. But, yeah, yeah it's not like a $120 million mm-hmm. blockbuster tentpole, which is what Bob Bioshock probably would have needed to be. Yeah. Because, uh, you, you know, you can't just shoot in a castle. You have to build a, a subterranean environment for that movie to work. Yeah. Um, but what I like... Uh, similar to, I think I mentioned this before, too, similar to what Neil Blomkamp was going to do when he was going to make the Halo movie, it seems like he took a lot of those ideas and put them into, you know, uh, 
District 9 District and 9. even Elysium. You still see some kind of yeah. what could have been in a Halo movie. This seems like a lot of what you could have seen in a Bioshock movie. There's a lot of it's less sure. steampunk. It's it's more it's less steampunk and more Lovecraft, but it still works. I mean, it's still I mean, you can get a sense of, you know, it's also more of a mystery you know, thriller as opposed to a, a mystery action. Yeah, but and still, I, I was like, actually thinking more like so I was thinking the first Bioshock game and also Bioshock Infinite. Because, again, I thought that there was going to be a, a looped timeline kind of thing with those three people that are always eating breakfast uh-huh. being being those two British people in the video game. I see what you're saying. And that's, that's, a, that's a neat direction. That yeah. That would be a neat direction. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of Vravinsky's visuals, I, I, you know, he may not have been able to do that, but I do like that he's a and this is you know speculation, but I can't you you can't watch this movie and be a fan of Bioshock and not recognize recognize some similarities. I mean, it has some clear like okay, I you get a sense of what that could have looked like in, to some degree, which I like. You also mentioned Resident Evil. This is a better this is a better Resident Evil movie than all of those Resident Evil movies. I've I mean, never seen actually, any. Of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I I had I had more fun with Resident Evil anytime. I mean, I'm, yeah. sure you, I'm sure you did. I don't. Look, like look, movies, but look I, I don't. I get Resident Evil aren't, aren't great movies, but I had fun with that. I, I had probably. I was. I wasn't bored during. The, but but I, I mean, in terms of the actual Resident Evil game, <laughs> the, the, the like the first <laughs> walking through a haunted house and being confused by things. This feels more in line with what I would have liked from an act from a Resident Evil movie that takes from the actual game and not just you know let's take the name and do whatever. Yeah, yep. sure. Less zombies. Sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> arguable. It's a zombie factor yeah. to the way people just kind of act in this wellness center. Yeah, which is, yeah. again, a question that comes up because I was like, what what triggers that? You know, is is going against the grain? Is that the trigger? So mm. There's inherent logic that I think could be understood if you really kind of sat and thought about it. But it, yes, it is weird. I, I don't think that I would want to use too much time to think about it, though. But. Do you want to think more about that tube scene? That was, I, I, yeah, that was actually rough. I was like, did Dane DeHaan actually, like, what, how did they do this? So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, if you're... I was waiting for as far as your reaction to this movie. <laughs> that wasn't as squeamish as uh, as I thought it was going to be, but uh, it certainly was a rough scene because... It holds on it. That's what got me. It's, like, it's not like letting you go. <laughs> right, yeah. And I was like, you know, this is probably all uh, visually CG'd, but uh, Dane Hahn's doing a really good job of making him think that he has to eat some sardines. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought the visual thing that you were talking about was uh, when he's first in the think tank. Uh, that sensory depravatory that's, that's another one that's not easy there's a number of scenes that that's not easy but at the same time i was like see this is the no. satire that i was going for of like oh i couldn't i couldn't get you out of the tank because i was preoccupied it's with just, something so crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway right. um i think we talked enough about the care for wellness um any any other thoughts you want to add real quick or are we good no no right. we're good no we're good we're done <laughs> Uh, when should people go and see A Cure for Wellness? You know, I didn't uh, enjoy it as much, but uh, it's it's something that I would say you can watch on Netflix. Jimmy? Uh, yeah, I would go to Netflix. I would. I mean, because of the kind of visual spectacle, I would say a dollar theater is fine for this movie. I, it will look okay. great. That's for sure. Like, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a dollar theater somewhere between uh, Netflix and dollar theater. Okay, I'll there go. You go. <laughs> there you go. I've won that round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, a cure for wellness placed in tenth place at the box office this weekend with four point two million dollars. So help you. So uh, people will 
will be seeing it on Netflix. Yeah, apparently. So <laughs> not seeing it in theaters. Maybe HBO well, first. I mean, if I if I get the Blu-ray review, I hope there's a commentary track, which Borbinski has done in the past. I, I love to hear what he was kind of going for with this kind of thing, but because it, it's such a you know, it's it's interesting in the way that I like because I and I didn't answer this my own question, but I, I am a I am a fan of Verbinski's. I I am not a fan of all of his movies. I, I agree with Jimmy actually. I'm not a huge Ring fan, um, yeah, but I I, I do like what he was. I like that the Pirates movies didn't settle on just you know being the same thing over and over again. They actually tried to be something, which is why I like the second one a whole lot. It's yeah. very different and weird and has some great ideas in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind the. I mean, they're they're okay. I'm not. They're also bloated. That's but, his biggest problem as a yeah. director. He makes bloated films that don't need to be. Yeah, they. Good. Yeah, he could really. You could use an editor sometimes. <laughs> but, but but Abe, you know that I'm a huge fan of Rango. I, I think yeah. Rango's out. I mean, you and I both. Um, and the Weatherman, I think, is such an, an odd little thing too. Again, and Malsons yeah. is a fun, like, and very visually interesting film. <laughs> like yeah. Malsons is good too. Like, I is... always think about tartar sauce whenever I whenever I go to the store. <laughs> Don't forget the tartar sauce. So yeah, that's you know I I'm happy to you know if Verbinski has a film like this coming, I was like, yeah, why would I not want to be a part of that? Yes, yeah, so it could have been better, but I'm, I'm still I still admire that it exists for just being something weird and different that cost money to make. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, please email in, by the way, since it made so little money. I'm curious the people that did see A Cure for Wellness, what they thought of it. Email in at outnetpodcastgmail.com. Or right on our Facebook wall. Yeah, either way. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get to our sponsor for this week. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why Audible? Well, Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and other similar programs for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any kind of MP3 device. Additionally, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Choose a book to download for free. It'd be great. You can listen to that right away. Then you can check out the service. If you don't like the service, get this. You get rid of that service, but you get to keep that book that you download for free for free. What? It's just it's there still. Like, you have it, and then it's still there. It's amazing. That seems like Mm. a giant scam. Wow. That's how you stretch an ad. So be a winner <laughs> and read. Crazy. Or listen Crazy at audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. <laughs> hey, when we get new ads, finally, just imagine the you stories. You just watch out. Yeah, you watch out for all the, the free ad product placement that we can creatively come up with. Talk about Harry's razors. I mean, that'd be great. Not, not a sponsor, but I love that smooth shave. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hmm. Of non-paid sponsorship. Let's get let's move on to out now feedback. <laughs> feedback, feedback, feedback. Before we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, we asked a number of questions for you, the listener, and you gave us answers. Yeah. And you guys, crazy as it sounds, gave us questions that we're gonna answer. <laughs> That's a lot of energy. It is. Uh, yeah, first question we asked. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, I took that, that blue cure for wellness. I mean, from, you, uh, you took the vitamins ooh. or you took the water. <laughs> I took the blue juice. Oh, the blue juice. All oh, right. Yeah. The blue juice. All right. I don't know what that's made from, but that's disgusting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't drink. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it either. <laughs> hey, what's the question? Uh, question that we asked everybody: What are your favorite films featuring creepy doctors? Philip has Calvary with Aidan Gillian and The Testament of Doctor Mabuse. That's a good one. Uh, Jack has Patch Adams. Mm. Oh wait, Manhunter, Silence of the Lambs, and Hannibal. Uh, Chris has reanimator. <laughs> He's sort of a doctor and oh, just creepy for Doctor Hyder for the human centipede. 
Well, yeah, Reanimator. He's he's in med school, so he's he's getting there. That's a great trailer, mm-hmm. by the way. You know the Close way that up. the guy says Reanimator. The, it's the Reanimator. Um, mm-hmm. Rebecca has I second what sense. If, what if Reanimator was remade as like an Arnold action movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had a little like, bit of it in Terminator. Yeah. I come here to reanimate. <laughs> By the way, side note, I watched a 22-minute video of Arnold quotes, and uh, I watched it from beginning to end. I liked it. Um, anyway. Are they all The Apprentice? No. No, no. It was just like some guy put together 22 minutes of Arnold quotes from all those movies. Uh, Anyway, Rebecca has I Second Silence of the Lambs, first thing I thought about. Uh, Mm. Jay writes, if dentists count, then in 1986, Little Shop of Horrors. Of course dentists count. Yeah. Uh, well, then we should have Dr. Giggles. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Wait, was yep. he a dentist or a doctor? I don't remember. He's a dentist. He's yeah. a dentist. Dr. Giggles. Yeah. Yes, he was a dentist. Yep. Uh, Joe Jans has Austin Powers. <laughs> he is and, a doctor. That's right. <laughs> and lastly, Justin has Malice. No, You know, no one, no one's bringing up... Oh, that was a good... No one's bringing up uh, Bad Dreams. I love that movie. Bad and the Dreams. crazy doctor in that one. Yeah, yeah. What was his name? Uh, the actor. He's He did all... Did all those? Uh, uh, he was one of the uh, horror kind of guys. Uh, Hold on, uh, R- Richard Lynch. Oh, Richard okay. Lynch. Okay. Yeah, that was. I, I dug that movie. Bad Dreams, man. Jennifer Rubin. Creepy doctor, Doctor Loomis from Halloween. I mean, that guy just seemingly hey. shows up at your house with a gun and tells you to run away from your brother. Uh, I'll choose, uh, anytime uh, Udo Kier plays a doctor, I'll use that as an answer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or what's yeah. his name? What's his name from um from Rob Zombie's movies? Uh, doctor. Um... Doctor Satan. Doctor <laughs> that sounds pretty accurate, by the way, for a Rob Zombie. Movie. Yeah, yeah, that's, right. that's that's about right. Yeah. Next, next, uh, next. Doctor Satan. Doctor. I think it's Doctor Satan. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh. Deleted from uh, Devil Devil's Rejects. Yep. Like, he, like, kills Rosario Dawson, like, very violently in the, the, like, the lead scene. <laughs> uh, next, next question. Favorite film set in the hospital? Uh, Steven writes, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the best. Chris writes, Damn, you beat me to it. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, a fantastic film. Also, The English Patient and Shutter Island. Uh, Justin writes, A Clockwork Orange. He was in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Jay writes, The Descendants. Which is, I think, an unironic sure. answer. That's just a good choice uh, in general. <laughs> it's just kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> I think, it I think about yeah. And uh, Philip writes Twelve Monkeys. Oh, Twelve okay. Monkeys is good. I, I was hoping that Jack would go for like another joke and write Patch Adams again, but he, he didn't. He <laughs> go for <that>. Damn. <laughs> again, everyone missed out on Doctor Giggles. So. Yeah, Doctor Giggles. <laughs> Halloween too, man. Halloween too. Halloween too. Yeah. Yeah. How about, uh, how about Mash? Mash is all oh, yeah, about being in a hospital. So, uh, visiting hours with uh, that that old slasher movie that a lot of people don't like, but you know what? I liked it. It was uh, Lee Grant, I think, and it was uh, William Shatner, if I want, if I'm not mistaken. It was a um, a psycho terrorizing some chicken in, uh, in a hospital, partially. Hmm. Interesting. So go see it. Or rent it, or whatever. Whatever you need to do. There you go. VOD it. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. It may suck now, but I remember... <laughs> it's probably it. terrible. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I, you know, I, I dug it. I, I, you know, I, I have a I have a thing for slasher films. So even the worst, I'll, like, watch out. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. 
You're telling me that Jimmy O, the producer for The Harvesters, has a thing for slasher films? The Harvesters oh, isn't a slasher film. No, it's not. No, The Harvesters isn't. But, uh, but uh, oh, that's who's in it. Uh, visiting Hours. Michael Ironside plays the killer. And he's Michael awesome Ironside. There you yeah. go. All right. I knew there was someone really cool. <laughs> <laughs> we got it to it eventually. The next question we asked everybody, what are your favorite films featuring characters getting into a fist fight? Uh, Steven writes, one of the believable fights was Donnie Wahlberg and John Shea in a bar fight in Southie. Uh, sure. <laughs> Steve has, they live, is the only right answer here. Huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris writes, there are too many. Have to add the raid as well. Uh, Jason writes, John Wick. Uh, the end fight was amazing. Mm. I mean, that's just John Wick versus Grandpa, but, I mean, okay. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's not the peak of John Wick. It was raining. They had a, uh, a switchblade knife, you know, and they were on a, uh, a catwalk. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> but uh, next, Matthew has Captain America, First Avenger, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Captain America, Civil War. So a lot of fist fighting in all of those. No, one's, no one brought up... No one brought up Roadhouse, man. No, they didn't. We have five. We have five, we six have, more, yeah. and no one brought up your Roadhouse. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep yep. going. Jason has yep. George versus Roadhouse. Biff and Back to the Future, which is a great answer, by the way. Um, Philip has Raiders of Lost Ark. Justin has Lethal Weapon. Shalem has the body. Uh, my bodyguard. I was gonna say the bodyguard. And I was like, what? Uh, yeah, that Whitney Houston fight was pretty yeah. tough. <laughs> Uh, Chris writes Snatch and I suppose Fight Club. And lastly, Joe writes Gross Point Blank. Well, they, I mean, he's catering to me. <laughs> yeah, that? Gross Point Blank, one of your favorite fight. movies of all time. <laughs> uh, I definitely uh, would uh, agree that that little uh, George and Biff uh, Back to the Future fight was pretty was pretty neat. That's a good emotional fight. That's a good one. It's, yeah. like George it's very Kermit short. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, no one mentioned I mean, Indiana fist Jones fight. fist fights in general are just that that's solid. No one mentioned fist fight. That's right. No one did mention Ice Cube's fist fight. Well, Jimmy, I believe I you're like... quoted in the ad saying "must see." I love that movie. I thought or it was just funny. see, just see. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Cool. I thought it was big dumb fun. I enjoyed it. Right. Uh, let's see. Next question. Favorite film set in China. Uh, Jay writes Kung Fu Panda, the first one. Uh. Uh, he writes the first one. Uh, <laughs> Philip uh, writes The Assassin. Hmm. Chris writes Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Any of the favorite films set in China? Uh, well, I mean... There's a lot. Maybe. Yeah, there are, there are <laughs> yeah, a lot, but no, I'm, also like, I'm also a big Hong Kong movie fan, and Hong Kong is Hong Kong, so... Uh, yeah, I was trying. I was trying to be specific and not say right. Hong Kong. Not, not say, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll mention this because I, I watched um, I watched Hero this. I rewatched Hero oh, this Hero's week. Oh, Hero's a good movie. Hero's a great. Mm. Hero's a movie where it's I don't really understand very why. Very beautiful as well. There doesn't there doesn't seem to be much enough talk about Hero because that movie is pretty fantastic all around. Like it has everything. It does it really well. I I hated that movie. What? Hero's <laughs> what? literally the worst movie. I, no, I, I'm just kidding. I've never seen it. <laughs> I was like, it's so much story and depth there. And then when he finally gets to the king, he's like, I, I feel bad. I don't know whose side to root for. So, well, I'll have to which watch Which plays it. once again into Yu Mao's Chinese propaganda. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sure. Mulan is a good answer. Mulan, yeah. yeah. There you go. Anyway. Uh, favorite film featuring a lot of monsters. Chris writes Pacific Rim. Just love that film. And Aliens. 
Philip Wright's Return of the King, which is actually an answer I did not think of, but that's pretty good. That's a pretty good. That's game. a good one. That's a good. Oh, yeah, I, was like, I was like, what monsters are in It's like, oh wait, there there actually are a lot. There, there's so many monsters. There's, there's ghost pirates in that there's movie. Giant yeah. elephants. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like the next hud, hud dogs. The next great answer comes from Matt. Cabin in the Woods. Another that's great also answer. Also a great one. Sure. Good. Good one. And finally, pulling off a hat trick of great. We had a lot of great answers for just four answers. Jay writes, Monsters Inc. seems like the obvious choice that's here. Right. Which that, I was, that was my answer. It was all monsters. Oh, I. I would have added the mist. That's another I mean, great mist. There's a ton of monsters in there. Yeah. Uh, that Marsha Gay Harden was scary in that one. She was a big monster in that. Biggest monster of all. <laughs> she really was, quite literally. The biggest yeah. monster of them all. <laughs> a good that really she tall, was a monster. That was a, that was a really tall monster. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and the last question we ask everybody here is, what are your favorite films where the lead has a handicap of some kind, a broken leg, etc.? Philip has Porco Rosso, if you consider having the head of a pig a handicap. And sure, yeah, I mean, if your body is human, but your head is a pig, yeah. Justin writes Gattaca, also It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Chris writes Born on the Fourth of July. And lastly, Jay writes Rear Window. Which was the only answer I initially Mm. thought of before thinking of Rear Window? First thing that always comes to mind, Uh. Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet? Yeah, I mean, like, the kid's in the wheelchair, and his sister has to help him make the silver bullet to kill, like... That werewolf, and it was, it's actually a fun movie. I know that you don't like it that much, Aaron. But... It's not, no, it's not that I don't like it. It's fine. It's just that I would have never thought of Silver Bullet. It's like one of the first things that always comes to mind. It's like, where, where can Silver Bullet fit into this? Let's choose the real obvious answer, though, guys. Mac and me. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, that fits as an answer. All right, so now uh, we have some questions that you guys asked us. And uh, Justin asked this question, which he asked a few weeks back, where I right. think, Abe, you, you were out of the country when we asked this question, so he wants to get your opinion specifically on this one. But would you ever not see a movie because of an actor or director's personal beliefs or history? Uh, I, I would say yes, because it, it's happened last year. I didn't I didn't watch uh, Mel Gibson's movie, um, meaning that I didn't pay for it. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge. Even though I heard some good reviews about it, I, I didn't watch it because Mel Gibson has this. Uh, I mean, he, he's very, apparently since mended, but um, there are some instances uh, that's, where that's, I, do. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're not, yeah. we're not wholly sure, but yeah, there are some instances where I'm like, you know, this person is being anti-Semitic or this person is is a racist and uh, whatever the case. But it's it's strange because. I don't know. I mean, for instance, like I watch Roman Polanski movies and I watch Woody Allen movies, and those folks do fall into the the same kind of categories that Mel Gibson would fall into. So I'm being hypocritical of myself within myself. Um, so, so we basically I would I would answer. actually have less problems with uh, what Mel Gibson did as opposed to what you know. I the only one I have a real problem with that I just will not watch is uh, is Victor Salva. Salva. Yeah, yeah, he's. He's he's disgusting, and so I, I and I know he went to jail, but uh, he I do not feel like he's yeah I won't I won't watch his films. Uh, Polanski, I it's weird because it's I guess it's a personal moral compass where you what what bothers you, what are you willing to put up with? Well, I think that's you know? what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. Where I. I, I eventually did see Hacksaw Ridge on it, and I watched it, and it's fine. I don't know if it's the best picture nominee, but like it, it, it was more of like I don't want to, I don't want to support this by giving money to it. Like that's where it comes down when, for, for me, with like certain things. 
And I, you know, you hear I hear news this week, which is, you know, I don't know if they'll actually have, but like Mel Gibson and talks to direct Suicide Squad too. And it's like, well, that's that's double the reason for me not to want to see a sequel to a movie I really hated the first time around. Sure. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, to answer J- Justin's question, uh, I feel I feel bad, but uh, yes, there are sometimes when I do it, and sometimes when I don't. So I don't know. It's a mixed bag. I, I feel. I mean, you shouldn't feel yeah. bad. I mean, it's it comes down to what you're willing to spend time with, and if you don't feel comfortable with that, that's I mean, that's not that's something you should feel bad about. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that, that from a moral standpoint, hey, you should. You know, some of these things that these directors have done, it's like, yeah, I mean, they're, they've been kind of unforgivable to some degree. So, uh, anyway. Well, if you look at I mean, there's probably a lot of filmmakers working right now that probably did do something horrible and we're, you know, sure. we're still, we don't know about it. I, I just try to keep, it, it is, it's, you you almost feel hypocritical because, well, right. how, how come I, I won't see a Victor Salva movie, but I'll see... The new Roman Polanski or or new Woody Allen, which I actually don't see all their films. So, but it, I do feel like a, I don't know, and I, I'm never like a. If someone has an issue with something, I, I that's fine. I, I don't have an issue with the Mel Gibson films, to be honest, mm-hmm. I, because I think he's he was an alcoholic. He went through it. He's cleaned up. I think. Um, I think he's doing better, so I'm more willing to forgive. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's. But I, I never uh, diss somebody who's won't see a movie won't see a woody allen movie or won't right. see, yeah i don't blame him i understand it i absolutely yeah. understand it so yeah solid answer and there are and there's a lot of boycott hollywood going on lately so uh i that always makes me laugh because anyone who says that, i'm like well you better not watch any more tv or t- tvs or mo- tv shows or movies ever if you're gonna boycott hollywood because that's <laughs> where it comes from guys <laughs> from every source right uh, okay, well, yeah, we'll exactly. move on here. Uh, next question for the panel today. Philip asks everybody, I watched Imperial Dreams, in which John Boyega was amazing. It was at Sundance in 2014, but apparently never got a theatrical release, then put it on Netflix this month. So is it a 2014 film, or is it a 2017 film? That's an interesting question. Uh, and by the way, I've yet to watch Imperial Dreams, which stars John Boyega. I have it on my Netflix queue. Um I've I've heard I think Alex Billington a couple weeks ago said that it's a a good film that you know did come out a few years ago. So um, is the 2014 film or 2017 film? I mean, having it, I feel like when you this is only I guess my own opinion, but I feel like once a film finally gets distributed in some manner, that's the year that it officially came out. Like a mm-hmm. film can be finished and you know exist and be in the ether. But, you know, if nobody can see it, I don't think it actually has come out yet. I mean, a film festival makes it like a specific and, you know, not all film festival films get picked up or whatnot. But this one actually did eventually come out. So I, if I like I had to rank this film on a list of something, I would call it a 2017 film. Mm. Does, mm. That, does that one make sense? It does. I'm not really sure where I, I mean, there's, stand there's on it. I mean, there's no in the you know massive release that right, right. I mean, like Cabin in the Woods <laughs> is an example of like uh, a movie that was kind of shelved, even though it was made and then it was released. Which film? I'm sorry, what did you say? Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Yes, Cabin in the Woods. Or A Cure for Wellness was supposed to come out last year, but it's a 2017 film now. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're not going to call it a 2016 film. No. Like it, it was done. Like it existed. Yes, I will. <laughs> I'm going to call it 20, 2015. See how you like that. Yeah, it was in the can in 2015, but they didn't start marketing for it. That's true, yeah. So, I I don't know. I mean, this is kind of... uh, According to IMDb, Imperial Dreams is is stamped with 2014. But, yeah, nobody was able to see it until 2017. 
Well, I guess he watched it in 20... Philip says he watched it in 20... Well... No, no, he says... No, he's just pointing out that it was released in Sundance in 2014, but it hasn't... It didn't arrive for people to actually see until 2017. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Mm -hmm. whatever you want. However you feel comfortable with it. Does it ultimately matter? (laughs) I guess. I mean, the only way it matters is... um, I guess if it comes time for like awards consideration and so you have to screen theatrically in some manner. And so like that's, you know, that definitely determines when a film is eligible for something if you're sure. screening it at a certain time. But then that also varies by country. There's like, like there's a like son of Saul and Mustang were films for that were represented by Academy Awards last year, but got nominated for BAFTAs this year. I don't know. It's a good point. So, I mean, it's also a you know like a country thing as well as far as yeah. when things get distributed. Let alone you know, some of our listeners from across the pond as well, and you know they 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 have like top ten lists that have that have films that they did not get to see until this past year. Even people right. that um, don't you know aren't in like the L.A. area or New York area where they can't see certain films that weren't widely wide wide release distributed until this past year. They put you know something like The Revenant on their top ten list from last from this past year. That's a good point. Year. I mean, it happens all the time during that like uh december season you know yeah because you're 30 is an example of that yeah. too limited yeah. release in december that's spread wider in january so right. it's like well some people don't want to determine it that way yeah so uh but mm-hmm. i guess ultimately whenever whenever it does get distributed is i guess the, the stamp that it would get despite the that's... fact that it was you know made in 1985 yeah the the production mm-hmm. for me and you know screening of, of, you know a couple film festivals even if it's sundance i mean the you know, not not everyone's seeing that movie. Yeah. Anyway, good that's a good question. Uh, hmm. Finally, Jason asks, "Why doesn't anyone want to direct the Batman movie?" Oh. Because it came out in 1966. Because what? I I I it came cons- out in 1966. Uh, uh, well. Yeah. Um, I don't blame people being afraid. I mean, because it, you're dealing with you're you're going to be under a lot of scrutiny. Uh-huh. And it, it, I honestly like if you mess it up, you could be. I could kill. It's a career killer. Could be. A, it could it's, be. Which yeah. is, which is kind of a shame. It's a shame that you can't. I mean, obviously, Batman is, you know, it's huge. So it's not just like you're taking a property and running with it and making it your own thing. You're taking the biggest property essentially right. and making it your own thing. And it's yeah, exactly like you said, Jimmy. It's you know. Taking on the Batman movie is like Atlas taking on the world. It's just everything mm-hmm. is on your shoulders at that point. I'm very proud of that yeah. metaphor, by the way. It, uh, but it, it is, it, it is an, it seems to be a monumental and Herculean. I'll keep going with Greek. It's a Herculean <laughs> task. Where, yes. Where because it's not just like you know it's not just like oh they're making a new Batman movie. It's like no they're making a movie that has to fit into this DC right, universe. Has universe. to be better than some of these other DC yeah. universe films. Has to match up somehow with the Dark Knight because everything needs to be compared to the Dark Knight. Has to be fun. Has to be dark. Has to be gritty, but also has to be cool. Like it has to be all of these things. You have to get the right cast. You have to get you know, like every single thing involved needs to be exactly perfect, or else you get scrutinized and for you know months on end. And even it's not, it's not even a question of whether you're going to get scrutinized. It's you are going to be scrutinized. You will. Not, yeah. yeah. It's like no question about it. The best job ever. You're still going to have people right. hating it. And it's funny because yeah. Aaron and I were talking about this just like last week off air, and it's just I also had the same question. It's like. What's going on here? And then we, we kind of resolved that. Well, Matt Reeves, we like him from the, the Planet of the Apes series. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, now he's kind of rumored to not, maybe not want to do it. And uh, my big thing was just, yeah, what's going on over at DC headquarters? You know, like, everything that you said is true, Aaron. You know, it has to fit into the Marvel, I'm sorry, the DC universe. Uh, 
uh, Guardian or uh, the Justice League movies. And How Kevin dare you! You stuff, said so. the wrong thing. I know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like the That's really good horrible. franchise. I'm sorry that my Pick mind goes ass. to the, my mind goes to the good stuff. But uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff that there's so much pressure on it. And Matt Reeves is a really good director. I think he's a competent director. But uh, yeah, when you have to fit it into so many holes, um, the the in the in the right way in a very like crafted. Uh, delicate manner then it becomes very much something that maybe you don't want to lose sleep over it i so. think well i think it's it and it also comes down to like a schedule and i feel like if i had to mm-hmm. if i had to speculate it's it's a mix of both you know they want to negotiate for someone has a certain level of control and whatnot but there's also a way we also want to make this movie by this date and it's like matt reese is coming off he's you know he's already making the war third of the planet of the apes yeah he's making yeah he's making war of the planet of the apes he's coming off that film it's like i don't maybe he doesn't want to you know do another giant blockbuster that needs to be completed you know it within the next three years maybe he wants to have yeah. more time and they just don't want to give him that time because they want to get batman out now like <laughs> yeah yeah so it, i i don't i don't blame someone for you know coming off of one giant thing and moving directly into another giant thing where you know they also want to have their own life and i'm sure matt reeves has a family and everything he wants to get back to and not just keep directing giant tent poles all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. like it there's there's what i'm saying is there's plenty of factors it's certainly it's probably it can't just be like the micromanagement that seems to be occurring at dc although that also probably is a factor that's probably a huge factor but yeah, i mean that also comes mm-hmm. with you know, who, what the, the clout of said director, where someone like Ben Affleck, you know, he's proven himself where it's more like they need Affleck more than Affleck needs them, where someone like David Ayer, it's like, okay, that was a cool opportunity, but then they just, like, looked over everything that he did and then shipped his movie off to have ed- other people edit it and what have you. Like, there's a lot of things like that that go on, so it's it's a very difficult position to be in. So I I would hope that Warner Brothers gets some more... I don't know. I mean, they they say they have Ridley Scott waiting in the wings, but that seems what skeptical. That was uh, yeah. one of those things. But uh, I just hope they have someone that has the kind of clout that at like Affleck or someone else does, sure. where they're an accomplished filmmaker that can maybe listen to some ideas, but also wants to do their thing. So. Give it but to the that, guy who did uh, Lego Batman because that was a great Batman movie. That yeah, was get Chris McKay on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there it. I'm, yeah, I'm not. No, I'd be. I'd be, no, I'd be did, down. You didn't direct Lego Batman. Well, yeah, what? you did. Sorry, you did. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris yeah, McKay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I got the wrong name. Were you thinking Adam McKay? Yeah. Yeah, I know what I'm thinking. Yes, yeah. you're right. He yeah. would be great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the, the answer to that question is there's a lot of there's a lot of things to put on top of someone's shoulders to direct a movie like this and just they need someone that has very broad shoulders to do it. That's essentially what it is. <laughs> yep. All right. Absolutely. That was enough feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's feedback. move on now. Let's uh, let's get to what? what huh? What? What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I hear that you're stalling for time. <laughs> I'm not even. I had I've had it open for the past five minutes in front of me. What, what time is it, Abe? Aaron, I think it might be time for a quick game here. That's funny because that's also the song that plays uh, when Dane DeHaan goes to see his mom in the home. Yeah, the exactly. It is. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I have a game for you this okay. week. It's called You're the Disease, I'm the Cure. Is that uh, is that <laughs> McBain? <laughs> that's from Cobra. Okay. Yeah, that's Cobra. <laughs> I knew that one. <laughs> We're already at Jimmy gets a point. All right. Woo. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I didn't say I did, so you, I could be next lying. Kitty, they hear has a point. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have dis- I have written down descriptions of a number of movies that have some sort of disease or cure that's in play, and you're mm. gonna have to guess who it is. Okay. Cool. But buzzing if you think you know the answer, buzzing with your name. Wait for me to call on you. I feel like I need to say that more. Just keep shouting. <laughs> buzzing with your name. Sure. Like Jimmy, and then I'll be like Jimmy, and then you'll say the answer, and we'll okay. go from there. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Cool. I know you're good. But some people, some guests on this show, you know who you are. Jason Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> you just jump in. All right. Here we go. Brad Pitt races across the globe to Abe. research a panda. Abe? Uh, uh, Warlord Z. Okay. That is that is correct. Yes. Dang. Okay. I'm going to read the whole thing because I wrote okay, it sure. Brad Pitt races the globe to research a pandemic and hopefully finds the means for a cure in this film. You didn't add the okay. part where he drinks a Pepsi. Here's the next one. Yeah, he drinks he drinks Pepsi. <laughs> Not a Coke, Pepsi. Or a Sprite, like LeBron. Uh, <laughs> All of them not sponsors. Can you get jiggy with this man's attempt to solve the problem that left the world almost completely dead? Uh, oh, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy? Uh, I think it's I Am Legend, right? I Am Legend. Yeah. I was answer. like, what's the name of that stupid movie? <laughs> yeah, it is a stupid movie, all right. Up until it's the last act. Yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> First two acts are pretty good. Here's the next one. A major epidemic is seen from multiple points of view, all because of some bad timing and Gwyneth Paltrow. Jimmy, uh, uh, oh, it's, uh, shoot, Outbreak. Incorrect. Abe. Yeah, I realize Contagion. Contagion is the correct answer. Yeah, I got got, got mixed up with a monkey. That's a movie about, uh, not not deforestation, or deforestation. Yeah. <laughs> Secret message. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Or answer. Thanks to some tests done on some chimps, it seems like a cure for Alzheimer's is possible. The only oh, side effect is what Jimmy. takes over the planet. Jimmy? Jimmy, uh, Planet of the Apes. Or War of the Apes. All the apes. <laughs> All the apes. That's, that's not a correct answer. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm accept it. You wouldn't Close accept enough. it? Abe, do you have an answer? Um... I want to say Rise of the Planet of the Apes. See, you had to think about it. That's why the first one's not correct, because you didn't even know of it. You're trying to guess still. Yes, it's Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yes! Okay. I know, no, What's that, the second I, one called? I, it's all, but all the apes movies are about that. The that's, last three are. That's, that, I mean, no, Jimmy's no, got a point. I, the first Planet of the Apes all... is not about a cure for Alzheimer's. Planet of the Apes is about a Planet of the Apes. <laughs> no, but the first... The, the, I, was, the, I was talking about the new one. The, the new series. What, yeah, because yeah. I, I said War of the Apes. I, close. No, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> no, I got that one. I, I, mean, I, I, I disagree. But the rest of it's cool. <laughs> I'm boycotting. I didn't. Th- I didn't say. I, yeah, I, I'm boycotting. Do we, do we split points here? What's going on? <laughs> Splitting points. All right. I heard Abe say "Rise with Planet of the Apes." I still haven't heard Jimmy say that at all. <laughs> I said I did say war, like with the war of the Planet of the Apes. That's uh, Rise of the Planet. I know. I, 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 I just here, Jimmy, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're oh, wrong. Man. He's not even out yet. He's not even an answer. You knew. You knew what you I was know what he's about. talking about. Doesn't stop that. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> I answered the first time. <laughs> all right, very... move on. <laughs> Let's cool it down. Let's right. move on to the next one. We'll cool our jets, man. Regular human. 
Regular humans may not have found a cure for this, but Halle Berry is having none of it because there's nothing wrong with any of those similar to her in this film. Uh, mm, I don't remember. Halle Berry? Uh, Abe Gothica? Incorrect. I don't know. <laughs> Regular humans may have found a cure for this, but Halle Berry is having none of it because nothing's wrong with any of those similar to her in this film. What? Truth be told, I'm not a huge Halle Berry fan. I'm not either, so... Uh, I don't know. Uh, X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Nah, that's a, good, that's a clever one, though. It's a clever one. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, named one of the lead stars of a massive franchise. It was, right. it was pretty like, Oh, right, there was a, there was a cure in, in that third one. Yeah, yeah. The only way to solve this world's problem in this film is time travel. But seriously, what do these zoo animals have to do with it? Abe, twelve monkeys is correct. Did it? Here's the next one. This team of ragtag bounty hunters have to stop a terrorist plans to release a virus on Mars. On Mars. Uh uh. This is probably the hardest one. Abe? Red Planet? I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Planet. I know that it's not Red Planet. <laughs> I don't know. Jimmy, Ghosts and Mars or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't remember seeing that movie either. So yeah. The answer just... is Cowboy Bebop, the movie. Oh! Um, okay. That's that's a good one. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's all right. That's solid. Next one. Here's the next one. I will say, not today. I just used the keywords cure and disease in IMDb, and these are the movies that came out first. Okay. <laughs> there seems to be no cure in sight for this disease that, re- that leads to rage. Oh, um, uh, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy? 20, 21 days later. What was that? I didn't quite hear the number. 20... Wait, it's 21 days later... 20, shoot. Yeah, think Sandra Bullock. 20, 20 day, oh, oh shoot, uh, 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 yeah, 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 I did have the wrong date, it's, uh, 28 days later, sorry. 28 days sorry. later. I'm, I'm not sure I'm thinking 21 days. I was, I was even questioning, like, what is the number, is it 18? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was in the I was like, 20s, I don't, now, I now Jimmy's one. all confusing me, I don't know the number. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 28 days later. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the last one. Okay. The water will be poisoned unless this masked man is able to stop a masked doctor from performing his task in this film. Abe? Yes? The Shadow? Incorrect. Okay. That's a nuke in that movie. Uh, <laughs> um, like, what? Can you repeat the question? The water will be poisoned unless this masked man is able to stop a masked doctor for performing his task in this film. Oh, shoot. They're both masked? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably really simple. I just... Uh, uh, um, I don't know. The answer yeah, is know. Batman Begins. <sighs> okay. Okay, yeah, there All you right. go. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a good one. All right, pouring fear there we go. water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're pouring toxins over right underneath Wayne Tower. 
That's my Where's Jim Gordon. Cure? That's my Jim Gordon. <laughs> Where's the cure? Where's the cure? It's not on me. <laughs> Screaming at Katie Holmes. Rachel! <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy! You came in second place this week in games. Abe, you are the winner. It was a close game, though, I, I, I suspect. It was the no, I, I, I think I got one right. I think he got I, one yeah, right in the beginning. You got, he... got two right. And, the, and oh. you got a bonus point to get for the title. So you got close. Okay. okay, fair enough. Good game, Jimmy. Good game. Yeah, well, I, part of it was like I'm having really crappy reception, and it's always like, and I don't know why, but... Another part of it is I didn't know the answers, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was games. Let's move on. Let's get down now. Presidential Town now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. We have quite a few here. Uh, first up, speaking of which, Hacksaw Ridge on uh, Blu-ray this week. Haven't seen it yet. It's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it, good. I liked it a lot. It's got it's got it, it's got a share of action towards the end. It's like, oh man, this is some grisly action. Andrew Garfield, uh, uh, worth mm-hmm. it. Yeah, he's good. I I think he's better in silence, but he's still good. Yeah, he's not bad at all. Like he's he's a good actor. So yeah, does his job. Good all right. I mean, what Hugo Weaving is good in there as his father, and Vince Vaughn is he's a drill sergeant, which is like, hey, there's Vince Vaughn as a drill sergeant. So there you go. <laughs> serious Vince Vaughn is always good. I like serious Vince Vaughn. He tends to work. Yeah. Um, let's see, Manchester by the Sea. Oh, my best I movie of the year. Your number one film of the year. That's so right. there you go. <laughs> Um, let's see, Nocturnal Animals. Mm, I like that one. It's it's okay. I was okay with it. I, the visually. It's very uh, it's very well done. But yeah. I actually no, actually I lo- love that film. I think it, there was a lot going on there. I really, really liked it a lot. I liked the things in it. I just overall, I wasn't like huge on it. I didn't. I would not recommend it. I think it's okay. But hmm. no, glad you liked it. No. Uh, let's see, Bad Santa Two. Still yeah, Santa. I thought, was, I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was stupid, but I, I laughed. Made me Did, laugh. Didn't watch it. Let's see the um, the Beauty and the Beast, the French one from uh, Christopher Gans. Oh, with uh, uh, who's who's the? It's, it's Vincent Cassell. The girl yes. from yeah, it's and the girl from Blue is the Warmest Color. I I actually like that one. I thought it was kind of a pretty film. Oh, okay. It's a visual oh. director. I mean, it's it's, it's like, got some issues, but it's 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 not bad. Not terrible. On a criteria, and on lastly, on Criterion this week, we have a woman on a verge of a nervous breakdown from Pedro Almodovar and uh, Mildred Pierce with Joan Crawford. Oh wow! Anna and I we watched uh, the other uh, weekend. It's really Joan good. Crawford, yeah, it's a great uh, movie. We saw a noir, and I was very happy to get the Criterion of that one and uh, check it out. Cool, nice. Uh, let's see. Next thing here, that's out now. Presents out now. Next thing, uh, extremely cool. These are things that are now on uh, Netflix or streaming that we can recommend. Uh, let's see. Chef's Table, Season 3. Oh, and, yeah, that, uh, those are visually very engrossing uh, shorts. Make you hungry. Yeah. Um, let's see, Trevor Noah has a new uh, stand-up special, Afraid of the Dark. It's coming on oh, Netflix cool. this week. And I, I, saw, I saw this was on Netflix, Silver Streak, with uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. <laughs> so oh, wow. Interesting. Wow. I love that movie. That's the, I, I'd say that's the... The, the second best Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor movie together. First one being Stir Crazy. Okay. Uh, here, I I don't I don't think I would need to see uh, Hear No Evil, See No Evil uh, anytime. It, it's fine. It's not as good as the. Uh, hmm. That's extremely cool. Next week's show. Next week. Uh, next week we have well we have Get Out. Yeah. The Jordan Peele 
horror satire, which I'm really looking forward to I'm seeing. I'm looking forward to it. And the, mm. also the Oscars are next week. Um, so we will figure this out. If we can time it right, maybe we'll probably be recording the show after the Oscars um, so we can figure something out there. But we'll probably have some kind of bonus episode. We've had a lot of bonus episodes, but some Lately. like a bonus episode. Yeah, yeah early, earlier in the in the week at some point to uh, do some Oscar predictions. That's right. But we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do there. We'll get that squared away. Yeah, for sure. But um, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Jimmy, what should people see in theaters right now? Uh, John Wick 2, uh, I would say Batman, Lego Batman. I, I'm trying to think there's a couple smaller films out that I, I, I think are worth I, – I guess if you haven't caught up on some of the Oscar films, I would do that. Uh, La La Land, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy, what was your favorite film of last year? Mine, it was really tight because there was a lot of great movies. I, it was very hard to put together. I ended up with uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. That's a great one. That's a great movie. Yeah. Arrival, La La Land, uh, Edge of Seventeen was one of the best homes of last year. And I, I it bums me out that more people did not see that. It's such a fantastic movie. I'm sure that'll get um, a second life now that it's on home video and probably streaming. I think too. so. Yeah, and it's one of those movies, it, it's perfect for video, but it's so smart and such a... Honestly, one of the best scripts of last year. It was really just just funny, heartbreaking, everything. Really, and great performances from everyone. Loved Woody Harrelson and Haley Steinfeld. Just great, great movie. So yeah, get that movie. Go rent that movie. Buy that movie. It's hmm. really good. What are you planning to see next, Jimmy? Um, uh, gosh, I have nothing lined up this week. I uh, The Bye Bye Man? Just kidding. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Stop I, giving I, it I money, Jimmy. I unfortunately did miss that one. I do want to see, uh, uh, gosh, what, what's there? I'm sure there's a movie I want to see. Uh, a Dog's um, Purpose? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, go see Fifty Shades Darker. No, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would say catch up on the stuff that, you know, that uh, that that's, uh, you know all the um, uh, I haven't seen Manchester by the Sea yet. Uh, there's a couple I haven't seen, so maybe I'll catch it. Try and catch up on a few of those. Cool. All right, Abe. Oh, uh, speaking of, there's oh, an mm-hmm. Edge of Seventeen commercial on right now. Boom. There you go. Watch it. Watch it. Watch Are you it. quoted? Are you quoted? I was quoted on one of these. I don't know if I'm on this one, okay. but uh, yes. Yep. There I am. Literally <laughs> just showed my phone. <laughs> we timed that John perfectly. Gis- yeah. Yeah, that's really great. That's yeah. really funny. So, yes, there, there you go. You go. Uh, I definitely recommend John Wick 2, and like what Jimmy said, if you haven't caught up on the Oscar nominees, uh, certainly feel free to do that. I thought, I thought it was a very strong end to the year, as well as just throughout the year last year uh, for film. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing next is uh, Get Out. I'm actually, again, pretty excited. So, oh, that one I want to see, yeah. That'll yeah. probably be the le- ne- next one. Sorry. There you go. Um, yeah, I would uh, I would recommend yeah John Wick too like a Batman but yeah a lot of the the Oscar nominees I think the uh, I believe the Red Turtle actually spread to a few is that going to be theatrically released? It is theatrically it's in theaters right now. Oh, I didn't, not I thought many. It was just a, a small quiet thing. Hmm. No, it's a, yeah, I mean it's up for an Oscar. It's in theaters. But, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. but no, that's that that is one to catch if you can find it. That's one to catch up on. I'd say once again the shorts. Uh, Anna and I watched all fifteen Oscar nominated shorts. There's certainly. Uh, some really worthwhile ones in there. If you can check those, just cool to see in general. So those are playing now. Um, so if you can find those, those are also good. But yeah, lots of 
Well, that's a good stuff to see before uh, the 26 when uh, <laughs> when one film rules them all. But we'll we'll see how that goes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews and everything else I do there, along with uh, the work I do over at Screen Rant Daily, as well as on Twitter. I'm at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Follow me on Instagram over at Oakley Doakley and Twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag take your vitamins. <laughs> Jimmy O, where can people find uh, more of your work online? Yeah, you can find me at JoeBlow.com, of course. You can find me at ArrowOnTheHead.com. You can also I uh, produce all the uh, CW uh, uh, superhero shows, Marvel and DC shows, actually, uh, after shows over at the Stream TV. So if you want to hear about Supergirl or Legion or whatever happens to be we're doing an after show for, check it out. We also have a trivia show on Thursdays, for uh, Facts and Trivia with Buds. So you should uh, give it a watch. Nice. Very cool. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes as well as on Audioboom. Listen to us over at HHWLOD, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. Feel free to send us any emails our way concerning a cure for wellness or anything else we talked about this week over at OutNowPodcast at gmail.com. Send us any kind of feedback over at Facebook.com slash OutNowPodcast or tweet at us at Twitter.com slash OutNowPodcast. And feel free to send us any gifts you've created of Dane DeHaan looking at young DiCaprio and going, Huh? Or drinking water. So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's good. that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Jimmy, thank you for joining us. Thank today. you, Jimmy. No, no problem. And uh, yeah, that's uh, gonna do it. So until next time, when we uh, we finally find out who wins all those golden statues, that's gonna do it. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Starring Johnny Depp minus the Weatherman, Gore Verbinski returned to the world of horror, where he made a big name for himself back when the wing, the the wing, the, the wing, wing, the wing. Remember the I wing guys? What's the, oh, oh, the movie about the, the uh, chicken if wings? You, you watch this video of a bird flying around, and then seven days later, you get you grow your own wings and fly away. It's amazing. <laughs>